We have to go back! Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are going to be reviewing Disney's Beauty and the Beast, the 1991 one, because the name of this podcast isn't 2017 Beauty and the Beast. That would be a really specific podcast that I feel (laughs) like we would burn out pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. (laughs) It's not called Modern Movies, it's Flashback Flicks. Oh, that would be what the... The current cinema. I feel like if we had like a rival school, that would be the name of it. And talkies today would be the real. <laughs> We're getting killed by talkies today. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, yes, we are reviewing uh, the 1991 Beauty and the Beast because the live action Beauty and the Beast remake is about to be in theaters or by the time you're listening to it already in theaters so we're taking a look back at its predecessor uh so uh we're gonna get into some history like we usually do uh so this movie uh was the second movie in what is often referred to as the disney animated movie renaissance uh it kind of started with the little mermaid and that came out in 1989, and then Beauty and the Beast was the next one to make its way into the hearts and minds of people, and really uh, was a huge film for Disney. So here's some history. So this movie had its was in production, or I guess the term development hell for decades. Uh, Walt Disney himself, after the success of Snow White, wanted to produce a Beauty and the Beast like revival, like what he did with Snow White. Uh, but they could not figure out how to make the second act work, uh, which is mm. like basically Belle's stay at the castle. Yeah, they finally like brought it to life uh, in the eighties. They were working on it kind of in tandem with. Uh, working on The Little Mermaid, because even before The Little Mermaid was released, they were still trying to figure out what the story was going to be. To get the film off the ground, um, (laughs) the animators worked tirelessly to make this happen. They they just worked for so long to make this thing what it was. And their uh, work was so... It was met with such a widely loved reception... Um, its initial box office run, it made $145 million in North America and $351 million worldwide. It was the third most successful film of 1991, only surpassed by Terminator 2, colon, Judgment Day, uh-huh. and Robin Hood, colon, Prince uh-huh. of Thieves. It's so hard to beat a movie with a colon title. It's just tough. Yeah, it's how tough. are you going to go against two colons? Oh, man. <laughs> well, you gotta, here's another you gotta Edit that out. <laughs> I mean, you can't keep that in there. Beauty and the Beast at the time was the most successful animated Disney film released and the first animated film to reach $100 million in North America. Hmm. Like, the movie was huge. 
huge. Um, but the movie was able to beat out another colon title. Um, it was released the same weekend as an American tale colon Fievel Goes West, one of my oh. all-time favorite movies in my childhood. Um, and Rockadoodle was also in theaters um, at the same time. But with uh, Fievel opening the same weekend, uh, <laughs> it got obliterated. Uh, and it was kind of like the beginning of the end for Don Blue's animation studio just because it just decimated it in the box office. Because, I mean, Fievel did okay. But again, most of the Don Blue's animation movies did better on home release because I, mm-hmm. I owned and watched that movie more than Beauty and the Beast. Like in my childhood, like I watched Fievel Goes West more than even the first American Tale. I didn't even know that there was an American Tale until like well into like my teenage years. I'm like, there was oh, yeah. one before it. I did the same thing with the Rescuers. Like to to do the difference between the Rescuers and the Rescuers Down Under and when it was supposed to take place. I'm like, yeah, oh, listen, I'm a kid. <laughs> I'm seeing these on rerun, taping them on VHS. <laughs> Yes. You can't expect much from me. So are you saying that because of the success of Beauty and the Beast in the box office, that's why we didn't get another Fievel film? Yeah. I mean, we did get another Fievel film. What was the one that came after it? Um, it was like a straight-to-DVD. like um, oh, But we didn't Tale. get a theatrical release. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I don't count straight-to-DVDs. Yeah, most people don't. <laughs> I, I can burn my home videos straight-to-DVD. Anybody can go straight-to-DVD. Uh, by the way, this podcast is on straight to DVD. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just a blank screen and our voices. Yeah. Um, also on laser up at Walgreens, uh, CVS end caps probably <laughs> have them, and Eckerd's if you can find one. Yeah, certain wobbly tables the DVD is used to like balance it out. Mm-hmm. Next time yeah. you use a coaster, pick up the drink, turn it over. It might be our straight to DVD release of <laughs> it just... flashback flicks. It just might. So that is some of the production history. We're going to give you guys some fun facts about uh, the movie. So this is something interesting that I read and I love more than most of the things that we have in headcanon that will probably be said. Uh, Some employees at Disney offhandedly tease that Gaston was the one Mm -hmm. who killed Bambi's mother. Oh, like, oh. like in at the, very, the head supposed to be in the tavern? I don't know. I think that might have been pre Disney being as um like Easter eggy before they went the Marvel well. way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can see Captain America's shield is also mounted on the wall. <laughs> no one knows why. When Gaston falls, you can see Captain America buried in the snow underneath. <laughs> Just a lot of Easter eggs. It's great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was something that I thought was funny because as soon as the scene opens up, you see this big forest. And the first thing my wife said was just like, oh yeah, Bambi. And then I read that fact. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't put it behind Gaston to, to do that. That, that makes a lot of sense. My wife brought up the Bambi thing too. When we watched it together, it was during the Gaston song. She goes, I'm pretty sure Bambi's mom's head is on this wall. <laughs> Oh, man. And speaking of Gaston, uh, check this out. So in an earlier draft, uh, Gaston 
um, had Beast at his mercy, and he was prepared to shoot him only for Bell to throw a rock at him and cause him to fall off a cliff. Originally, he was going to survive, but with a broken leg, only to be mauled by several wolves. Oh, uh, so oh man, yeah, that's but they brutal. Just, yeah, so they decided to cut it because you know it's it, it's a kids' movie. Like it would be just too traumatizing to see like people do this. Also, it would be the first Disney princess to really commit manslaughter, <laughs> right? But so they that's problematic. <laughs> But they did decide to save it for the ending of The Lion King when Scar is oh, killed by the hyenas. Man. So when animals do it, it's it's the circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and because I will um, find any excuse to talk about Jackie Chan uh, on the podcast, Jackie Chan was actually the Asian voice of the beast and sung a Chinese version of the classic theme song, uh, from Angela Lansbury, Celine Dion, and Peebo Bryson. And this got referenced in the final season of the cartoon, The Jackie Chan Adventures, uh, where he absorbs a beastly power. And uh, You just combined so much trivia <laughs> into one sentence. It's like what you would say if you had to play a character that just knew a bunch of trivia. <laughs> it would be... Like if they casted Dennis Miller in the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> so many specific references that most people don't get. Thank you. I try. Okay, that's I'm all right. I got. <laughs> um, so when designing the Beast, um, and this is something that my wife told me, all the different gargoyles that you see throughout the movie, which there are plenty um, mm-hmm. Those were all first or different versions or drafts of what the beast was going to be. So anytime you see a gargoyle oh. in the castle, those are all different designs of what the beast was going to be. That's so interesting. Right? Yeah. Well, and it's another thing. They spent so much time, like, figuring out what the beast was going to be that the animators openly admit that they put little effort into designing his human form. <laughs> Uh, yep. and, and they say that they basically they knew that the audience already endeared themselves to the beast and they wouldn't really care what he looked like as a human. You spend most of the movie with the beast. And so many That's people... That's kind of the point, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So many people I've talked with agreed that the beast kind of looks better as a beast. Not saying that his human form is ugly, but I'm, I'm not saying it's pretty. Love is blind. And, uh, oh, last little bit. Um, so there were a couple of people who, uh, were considered for the role of Gaston. Um, two of which being Donny Osmond and Patrick Swayze. No one puts Belle in the corner. (laughs) Good. Uh, and another one who auditioned was Rupert Everett. Um, but but he was told by the directors that he didn't sound arrogant enough. So he used that feedback and landed the role of Prince Charming in Shrek 2. Um, Hmm. And he did eventually get to play a Disney villain as Dr. Claw and Inspector Gadget. Yeah, he did. Uh, So Beast's real name is believed to be Adam. Um, I've heard that, yeah. But according to the animators and scriptwriters, 
he doesn't have an assigned name because I it was most apparent to me when Bell yells out Beast. I'm like, he has a name. It's like, oh, I should have. Hmm. Yeah. I I wish he had had that moment of realization though. Like Beast, no, uh, no that can't you know, be your real name, right? You know what? I I didn't catch your name. What was that again? I know it's raining and Gaston's after you, but what is your name? It's Beast. Oh, it is Beast. Oh, okay. So, like, you turned into a beast because your name was Beast. Oh. So, so his which... name was already Cogsworth, and he just, because <laughs> he has cogs, he became a clock? I see. So, she, like, knew everybody's name. Beast? Mm. Cogsworth? Yeah, when he turned human, he's like, Cogsworth, Lumiere, Mrs. Potts. I'm like, oh, those are their real names. They're those just weren't cute, clever names. Those were their names. Oh, and man. I am Zachary Weedwhacker. <laughs> oh. Tough break guy. You're going to be sleeping outside. <laughs> i tell you who really has a raw deal was Jeffrey Chamberpot. <laughs> He's like, please find true love. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I have two little more bits of... Uh, fun facts. Uh, so the last dancing scene um, mm-hmm. was reused animation from Sleeping Beauty, uh, the animated Disney Sleeping Beauty from 1959. Um, huh. It's just them dancing, and they just like traced over it. Basically, they're like, ah, let's just use this. Interesting. Yeah, Disney's kind of known for like reusing dance sequences or because i mean it's just difficult and when you're under yeah it takes a ton of time so like in the animated disney robin hood there's this dance sequence between the bear character and this chicken and that's the exact same dance that baloo and king louie do in jungle book like it's like frame by frame move by move it's like the same dance and so they'll they'll reuse the animation cells and they'll just like redraw the characters over it so if you pay close enough attention you can kind of see that the characters aren't as clearly defined but like yeah the representation of the characters are there and um and then the last little bit of uh fun fact that i have is that uh on the dvd or blu-ray edition this is only present but not on VHS or Laserdisc. So if you watch this on VHS or Laserdisc, you might have missed out. Um, but when Gaston is falling at the very end, there's a close-up of his eyes. And for like two tiny frames, skulls flash in his eye. Uh, what? Yeah. So like at the very, very end, like you can see like these two skulls in his eyes. And it's it was chilling. Yeah. And so... They they removed those frames on VHS and Laserdisc um, because I guess they thought it was too ominous. Um, but the but Disney says that the skulls determined Gaston's fate as fans were unsure whether he died or not at the end. Mm. Um, so that's so no spinning tops here. <laughs> you know for sure. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. Wow. You know, I hear on Betamax, uh, there were two frames where uh, in Gaston's eyes as he's falling, Bambi's mom appears. <laughs> yep. That's, that's, uh, I've heard of that one. I need to go. She does. goes, in your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And so that is some of our history. Now we're going to go ahead and get into 
our reactions of the movie. So, Grayson, when's the last time you saw the 1991 Beauty and the Beast? Ooh, I saw this in high school, so it was probably like 2004 that I saw it again. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, that wasn't the first time I saw it. Like, most recently I saw it, I think, probably 2004. Okay. Yeah, I want to yeah. say I did watch it during the re-release. Because um, mm. I think in, I want to say... 2002 they did a re-release or something like that is that the one where they reanimated job of the hut <laughs> that's the one yeah oh, okay yeah, yeah i remember that <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but yeah i i want to say i saw it maybe as recently as that but this this was the first time where i watched it and i really just understood the grasp of everything in the movie um there's this cracked video Um, that talks about all these different things inside of Beauty and the Beast that just really blow my mind. And this is the first time I watched it with that information. And some of the things are like, okay, it's this. So this old woman walks up to this door and this kid opens it, opens the door. He's like, hey, what do you want? And then he just like starts making fun of how she looks. And then she's like, surprise, I'm gorgeous. I want to put a spell on you and that when you turn 21, uh, if you, if you can't get someone to fall in love with you, even based off of your looks, um, and you have like 10 years from now, then you're going to stay a beast forever. And everyone in your house is also going to be turned into whatever. Hmm. So that happened today. It would just be called a reality show. (laughs) It would be just like a reverse prank. Yeah. It'd be like the real house servants of Frenchtown. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love that. Uh, the thing that I got present to this time is this. He was 11 years old when this whole thing happened. Like, we're, we see him as like this adult and he has this adult face. And in the little stained glass window thing, they're like, hey, you. He looks like an adult, right? And even that painting of him, like he is yeah, an adult. Yeah, it was a painting that he claws then. Who is that? I guess it has to be his dad because in the song Be Our Guest, Lumiere says, 10 years we have been yearning um, because what's a servant who isn't serving? And I'm just like, wait a second, 10? Okay, so the flower is about to wilt. He's about to turn 21. So it's been 10 years. So he, this happened when he was 11. To which case I say, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> I posted on Facebook, um, okay, yeah, old woman walks up to the door, boy roasts him, woman turns him into an animal until he learns enough social skills to be able to make someone fall in love with him. Yep, tale as old as time. Uh, <laughs> and someone pointed out, like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's your, here's this flower, it's your life now. Peace. And then she just left. She just left. Uh, oh, and here's a mirror, too. Yeah. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff right. to take care of. Do, do you want to write this down? Maybe one of your servants. I don't have hands. Uh, you know what? You'll remember it. Later. <laughs> because, like... <laughs> You'll rue the day. It's okay. <laughs> I, just, I just thought that was so interesting to realize, like, oh, man, like, this 11-year-old learned this very... Uh, very just difficult lesson because here's the thing um i don't know if you remember dating back or maybe dating wasn't even the thing in your life when you were 11 but i know for me when i was 11 
and trying to talk to anyone else. Being a human was difficult enough. Trying to get someone to fall in love with you when you're an animal, when you're an 11-year-old animal in France mm. in 18 who knows what. Yeah, it's like a really messed up version of Big. Just <laughs> instantly. I want to be big. Bam. Oh, uh, yeah. And man, what a... What a raw deal for everyone in the house, too. Just like, let's just yeah. say you were just guests. Like, oh, man, we're going to go over to Francis Beastly's house. Man, he has the best parties. And then they went out, and then they just get turned into, like, I don't know, like chairs, probably. That's a tough deal. I'd like to see the story of the servant who it was their first day on the job. <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me. This is not what I signed up for. Uh, BTW. <laughs> Worst first day ever. Welcome to the team. <laughs> oh, what happened? Oh, I think uh, the master just did something to get us all cursed. He's like, you are not going to want to look in a mirror, Jeffrey Chamberpot. You... <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> you picked the wrong day. Oh. You should have started next week. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and that. So that was one thing that I was like noticing. I'm just like, oh man, raw deal for that 11 year old. Uh, but then also how Bell was an outcast. Like I don't think I picked up on that thing um, as a kid because I just thought Bell was just kind, um, and Gaston mm. was just a jerk. And it's just like, oh, Gaston's a jerk. Bella's kind. Of course they don't match. But, like, the whole opening number is just like, hey, that girl who reads a book, she's really weird now. It's like, oh, just because she, that's it? Like, she reads and you guys just don't understand her? Like, that's a weird, that's a weird thing to focus a musical number on. Yeah, I always picked up on that part that she was an outcast. What I don't get is why reading books makes her an outcast. They don't have television. What else are they doing? Talking to each other? I I guess going to that very large bar. You can also try to bachelorette yourself to Gaston. That seems to be a pretty popular thing. Yeah, yeah. You get the final elk pelt. Sorry, there's only one guy in this whole town that has a rose, and he keeps it pretty well guarded. I told you never to go in here. Don't you know what you almost did? You will not be getting a rose. So, like, am I being eliminated or do I stay? Like, how do I know? What, how does this work? They just do an interview of Maurice as he's going away <laughs> in the enchanted cab ride. He's like, I really thought I'd stick around longer. He made a huge mistake. <laughs> We really thought we had something special. As a kid, when I'm watching this movie, I'm just thinking, oh, wow, the Beast is, it's like the classic fairy tale, like true love's kiss needs to break the spell kind of thing, but Beast is rough around the edges, so Belle learns to love him, and he learns to be loved. But there are so many other things that go into it. Gaston shot a bird out of the sky. I didn't realize that until like it happened. I'm just like, he just shot that bird straight out of the sky. He's got skills. Yeah. And then he takes it and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to make Belle be my wife. And I'm going to concoct this plan that commits her father to insanity unless she marries me. I'm like, oh, Gaston, 
you're a monster. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's dark. That's pretty dark. Hmm. Oh, hmm. man. But yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. Because one of the other things I don't think I realized in the movie is just like how much time kind of passes by. Because there was a spinoff movie. Um, it was straight to VHS. Um, but it was like an Enchanted Christmas See, straight to VHS, I respect. That's much harder to do. <laughs> That's a medium that you just have to respect. Uh, I'd respect it even more current day. Oh, yeah. Go, it's going straight to VHS. Listen, guys, it's going to be a straight to VHS movie, and you guys are going to want to see it. You're also going to want to buy a VHS player if you don't already have one. Yeah, but there's called, there is a Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas um, movie that takes place in kind of in between the musical number... And, like, right after, um, I don't know, it, it's weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they can't do a direct sequel. He's not the Beast anymore. Exactly, and everyone And they're loved... not going to Shrek it up, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone loved the Beast. They loved how he looked, so they, they made it. Get rid of Adam. <laughs> um, but, yeah, in that movie, um, it was released on VHS- in 97, and it's the fourth highest grossing direct-to-video animated film, surpassing the 180 million mark. If that Specific. is canon, then all of winter, she was there. She was just there all of winter. So, the whole montage of, like, there's something there that wasn't there before, it's, like, mm-hmm. in between that. So, that's the ending of it. It's, like, right before that happens. And then during a montage, yeah. So it's the uh, the whole that is that whole musical number actually. Unless it was huh. just happening around Christmas time, and they just decided to make it that way. That's interesting. Well, that's really sad for Maurice then that he was trying to get her out for that long. Yeah, but I actually have a theory about that in head canon. Head cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon is the part of the show where we talk about unique movies and ideas and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. And that is what we do on Head Cannon. Tell you what, went better than I thought it was going it to. It really did. I thought I was going to destroy that. Huh. Grayson, I know you've been so he- waiting for Head Cannon. So what you got? The Head Cannon that I've been wrestling with is motivated by the song, uh, Belle's song, when she enters the town. The lyrics being, Little town, it's a quiet village, every day like the one before, a little town full of little people waking up to say. The part that, and then, bunch of, bunch of, bunch of, bunch of. The part that sticks out to me, though, is every day like the one before. For this headcanon, I title it, Beauty and the Groundhog. <laughs> They are stuck in a time loop where every day is actually repeating in this town. Mm. Only certain people are aware of it. Pretty sure the bookkeeper is because he's able to track how many times Bell has read a book over and over and over again. That's what his concern is like, but you've read it twice. And she keeps going through the book. Um, Anyway, they keep hitting the same rhythms in this town. Mm. So the village is in the Groundhog's Day time bubble. It's not until Maurice travels outside of that that he is able to um, kind of break that for himself because the castle is not in the same bubble. Yeah, They established that they have felt 
the 10 years of not serving, of being trapped in this state. Uh, we see the passage of time represented through the rose. Um, but that's also why Belle can spend an entire Christmas there and have all of this. But at the same time, they're getting together a crew of people to come and knock down the beast's door in no time at all. So a whole like season passes for Belle and the beast and the servants, but it's only been a day for Gaston and everyone else back in town. Mm. So they're trapped. They're trapped in this bubble. And really it's the story of when that last rose petal falls, that rose petal is directly connected to the, the sphere of time that is put around the village that was created by the same witch that did the transformation because what better way to keep someone from ever falling in love with them than the people in town can never feel the passage of time. They can never develop a relationship with him. Um, so even if he tried to leave the castle and go find love elsewhere, if he was like, doesn't matter that it looked like a beast, I'm going out on the town, like it wouldn't work because it would just reset. So little town, it's a quiet village. Every day, like the one before. That's pretty good. I like it. And you actually inspired me to come up with a very elaborate and complicated headcanon. So I thank you, sir. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I have two. One is um, it's this thing. It's like, so the fact that this woman could like put a cast a spell on this man in this castle. Uh, and no one kind of like bats an eye at it. It's like, hey, there's this magic mirror. Sure. I believe it. Um, I'm just going to say the thing that I would like to title this headcanon, which is Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast takes place in the same world as Harry Potter. But like... Oh. Um, so that means the witch could be like the ancestor of Fleur Delacour. Yeah. It's, Thanks for just going along. With absolutely. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which would uh, which would justify this little bit of headcanon, which is I think that the way it works, and I just don't I I think that if the beast were to be because I think it's impossible for him to be eleven, um, even though mm -hmm. he would have had to be an eleven for it to be like yeah your twenty first year. I think that there is, similar to what you're saying, a time stasis where everyone stays the same because Chip is not... Yeah, Chip's a problem. Yeah, well, Chip is a problem, but I think that if everyone stays their age for 10 years, that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. And that he was probably 20 and that 10 years is one year for him. So I think he had a year and 10, basically. Hmm. And that's like how, like, basically at the end of 10 years, everyone would age one of their, uh, I guess, natural years. I see. Yeah, or else Chip would have been like a thimble. Yeah. Yeah, well. He would have been an infant. Yeah. Yeah, an infant yeah. with, like, I don't know if you noticed this. This is something else I completely forgot about. Um, in the cupboard where Chip has to sleep, he has dozens of siblings. Dozens. Oh, yeah. Without eyes. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, that was a that was a weird thing. I, I <laughs> another thing I noticed is like, so what's the hierarchy? Like, who gets eyes? Who doesn't? Like, who gets the actual voice? Like, or who just like just just is a movable like inanimate object? Yeah, I mean, this is straight up Downton Abbey. There is a pecking <laughs> order. Oh yeah, but I, I that's that's my headcan just about how time works and why time works that way. She was a wizard, Adam. While we're on the topic of servants and their pecking order, there's a lot of smashed up furniture in the Beast's West Wing. Um, oh, no! My wife brought up the headcanon that, like, are those people that he's killed? Like, out of rage, he's just killed them? So when everyone transforms back, his bedroom is full of dead bodies? Oh, no! Oh, no! That's so awful! really bad but but also it's not like he didn't have furniture before so like some of it's got to be furniture i think it'd be really terrifying if the curse was all the people turn into furniture and all the furniture turn into people (laughs) they just had these dumb blank humans walking around oh my god like the, the fire stoker is like a human version of a fire stoker and he keeps trying to throw himself into the fire yeah Man, that is uh, that is Sam Raimi's Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Music by Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, now we're going to go into recast and remakes. Uh, this is the part of the show where we like to talk about the movie. If it were to be remade today, uh, what would it be about? Hypothetically. Yeah, hypo- just hypothetically. You know, If it were to be re- remade in 2017, what would the storyline be? And who would we cast? Now, hear me out. I know we've been talking about, like, wizards and stuff. But, like, what what, what do you think about, um, I don't know, Her- Hermione? What do you think about her? I think she'd be- make a really good Mrs. Mm-hmm. Potts. She is a chameleon. Yeah. Yeah. Although it might be awkward, because I'm pretty sure when everyone turned back into humans, that Marie started dating Mrs. Potts. <laughs> there, that's one thing I didn't recognize the first time. They give a look when they turn back, where it's like, Maurice, Mrs. Potts, and Chip all together. And it's like, oh, Belle has a new little brother. All right, look at that. <laughs> Got it. Uh, yeah, no, you you could you could go. With Emma Watson, yeah. yeah. No, but honestly, here's the thing that I thought of the most, which I don't know what this says about me. Um, I know that they're supposed to be younger, but I could not think of anyone other than um, Tina Fey as Belle and uh, Alec Baldwin as the Beast. Oh, that's really good. I would good. love to see that, but just like a comedy. Uh, but a lot of the whole mm-hmm. um, Liz Lemon, Jack Donaghy from 30 Rock. Good God, Lemon. Like, she's the one that drinks the yes. soup without the spoon? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I, that, that's all I could think of, especially during... That's great. Yeah. Especially during that whole scene where he was trying to be polite. He was just being, like, super whiny. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, I didn't actually have recasts for them. Uh, for Maurice, though, I would say Danny DeVito. <laughs> of course. Yes. I think would would be fun. Um, but and I'm sure I'm sure Luke Evans is going to do a great job as Gaston. But in my heart, I really want to see Patrick yep, Warburton. Absolutely, he's the one. I mean, he is. Yeah, it's him. Listen, Bella. Come on. I mean, 
Oh, you're going to do better than me. It's, uh, it's me. I'm Gaston. Uh, you heard the musical number. Oh, that'd be amazing. All right. Now we're going to wrap up our review with our final segment, giving you our reasons to recommend. Uh, Grayson, why would you recommend the 1991 Beauty and the Beast? So I would actually recommend it, not just because it's well-drawn, well-voice-acted, catchy songs. I would recommend it at this time so that you can relive the nostalgia that you had watching Beauty and the Beast the first time. The reason we watch a lot of the films on Flashback Flits. But with the new live-action movie coming out, you're going to be experiencing the story in a very different way. And it's, it's my expectation that it will actually change how you view the original films so before you do that i do recommend go back watch it with fresh eyes clean slate get it one more time and then watch the live action um, because you'll be able to experience the story in a new way um, while also maintaining uh, the way that you thought about it when you probably first saw it as a child Absolutely. Yeah, this is interesting because I didn't realize like how long um, Disney has been trying to come up with the story. Like Walt Disney himself like wanted to make a Beauty and the Beast movie. And it's so cool to see what they were able to create at that time um, because this movie was just so groundbreaking uh, when it first came out in 91. And this vert because, you know, Beauty and the Beast public domain story but disney always finds a way to make it unique in their own and i this is one of the few remakes that i'm actually really looking forward to seeing because what i saw in this movie i can see just the well that they can pull from and present in such a new and interesting way with the kind of uh, technology and feats that we have now, but this movie, the 1991 movie, um, I definitely recommend seeing it because Beauty and the Beast is such a fun and really like honest like fairy tale story. Like I, I don't think we, I, I think because it, a, a movie is animated, we kind of default like, oh, it's just for kids. But like this movie co- covers like so many like different like stories and morals and uh and concepts that like I think is so great like selflessness like the beast learns he basically like is a coming of age story for the beast like that's what this movie really is it's a coming of age story for this beast who's been like a man child for 10 years um and he just sees the kindness of this woman and he learns to be kind and she sees the kindness in him, and it's just it's cool it's it's cool to see it just from an adult perspective because it's it, I think the movie is more than what we may remember it for it being, so I would recommend it for that hmm. um and of course, all the songs all the songs are so great, and the lyrics man, just actually listen to the lyrics of all the songs. it's fantastic. Like the mob, like the mob song, like when they're marching, they're like they literally say something. Oh, I say literally, they say something to the effect of like, "Well, we're upset. We don't know what he is, but he scares us, so we're gonna go with it." <laughs> and like, like that's basically the lyrics, and uh, and it's so interesting just to see how layered and like they gave us a gift in 1991, like with this movie, they gave us this gift of a film that I don't think 
as a kid I was able to fully appreciate. So definitely worth a rewatch, especially if you plan on seeing the live action one. Hey, Ricky, I'd like to create a new segment right now called Synchronized Synopsis. Ooh. Where we give you a synopsis of this film, and you have to match up what other film could be described by this synopsis. So, synopsis for Beauty and the Beast. An 11-year-old defends against violent intruders using household objects. (laughs) Oh, that's... That's solid, Grayson. I'm really, yeah. Is it Beauty and the Beast or is it Home Alone? You decide. <laughs> it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. Oh, man. Oh, let me see. Let me see. I think I have at least one I can try. Um, a man proposes to a woman who says no. The end. <laughs> is it Beauty and the Beast or Runaway Bride? You decide. Too close to call. It's too close to call. A town of angry Frenchmen revolt as a young woman is held against her will. Dude, you are really good at this. Oh, and they do it all to music. <laughs> yes! Oh, that's so good. If you have anything even close to this, uh, let us know on uh, Twitter or Instagram. It's... It, I love this. New favorite segment. Yeah, what is your synchronized synopsis? We'd love to hear it. <laughs> All right. And that is our review of the 1991 Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Let us know what you remember about the original 1991 Beauty and the Beast on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. And let us know what you think of this review that you're listening to right now on iTunes leaving us a review really helps this podcast get discovered and um, it really I mean we want that we want you to discover this unlike the beast in the uh, castle uh, we we welcome intruders to our, our podcast <laughs> that put it on a shirt <laughs> we welcome intruders to our podcast <laughs> Uh, yeah, so leave us a review. On a scale from human beast to beast, uh, how well did you think, uh, <laughs> just rate the podcast. This On a scale, this human beast, like mid-transformation, like toe-transformation human beast, or hand-transformation human beast, just let us know on a scale of what you thought. We'll know what it means. We'll know what it means. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Mm-hmm.